I went to Fiji with a group of monks from India. And one of the things, the way they described the work we were doing was if there was a, a highway from, you know, down us as a human and it's just packed with traffic, then if you were trying to get a message through, it can't get anywhere. It just gets caught on the 405 in traffic. Like it's going nowhere. And he said, the work we're doing of identifying the pain or identifying the bliss or identifying the thing and acknowledging it, loving it, healing it is creating space on the highway so that it's a wide open road and you could just bring a message through for other people. And it's creating space. I tell this when I work with people who want to be a coach. Have you done enough work on yourself that you have space, mental space, emotional space, physical space, spiritual space that you can hold open for another human stuff? If you have no space for others, how in the world are you going to work with them on their stuff? Welcome to Men This Way, the podcast for every man who seeks to live his deepest purpose in life who's committed to showing up fully and giving his unique gifts to the world. Because if not you, then who? I'm your host and fellow journeyman, Brian Reeves. Brian with a Y, Reeves. Men, this way. Are you consistently offering your unique gifts to the world? Might you be offering your gifts in one critical area of life only to be offering little? or nothing in another critical area of your life? And how can you know if you've fully stepped out from living in your father's shadow? Well, in this episode, I mine these questions and more with my brilliant guest, Jarek Robbins, for useful insights to make a meaningful difference in your life. So Jarek Robbins. Now I've run into Jarek a few times over the years, chance meetings at various events back in my days of managing the spiritual music band, Here to Hear, but I never had a meaningful conversation with him. And as gregarious and enlivened as he can appear on stage, I couldn't really get a sense of his energy when I was with him in person. He always felt kind and gentle and humble and open, but it wasn't until a mutual friend, Preston Smiles, recently connected us again that I had the hit to invite him onto Men This Way. And one of the great things about this podcast is it's a, it's a perfect container within which I get to have profound conversations with people I would likely otherwise never get to have a profound conversation with, which is what happened with Jarek in this episode. Who is Jarek? Well, Jarek, he's delivered trainings and speeches to many millions of people worldwide, speaking to businesses and organizations, including Harvard University, the United States Air Force. Uh, I'm a proud Air Force veteran myself, so that makes me happy. Century 21, Tampa Bay Rays of Major League Baseball, BMW, the U.S. Marine Corps, the U.S. Olympic team, and so many others. He is uh, in my words, maybe not his, he's a, he's a business coach, a life coach and business coach to high performers. And, and if his name sounds familiar, yeah, he's the son of the personal development legend, Tony Robbins. Now, one thing I eagerly wanted to explore in my conversation with Jarek is a particular confrontation that all men must one day face. How do we step out from living in our father's shadow? Whether he was an abusive asshole we have no relationship with, or a world-famous superhero motivational teacher to millions, all men must learn to become our own man. And Jarek and I talk about that journey. And we talk about a bunch of other profound topics as well, including what it means to give our unique gifts 
to the world. It's a rich conversation and I think you'll enjoy it and be well served by it. Now, before we dive in, if you're a man who's struggling with an intimate relationship, maybe your partner isn't happy and you don't know why, or your sex life sucks or is non-existent, or maybe your partner wants things from you that you either don't understand what she wants or you just don't know how to give, like more connection, more vulnerability, more presence, or more safety. Well, you need to know about my new Elevate Your Relationship live coaching program for men. It's a six-month live coaching experience, which means you get to work with me personally, and it's specifically for men who are wanting to show up more powerfully, be more present, practice more skillful communication, and create more passionate connection with their partner. In other words, it's for men who simply want greater fulfillment in their relationships and who want that for their partners too. In this live six-month coaching experience, you will learn how to better navigate conflict, to even use your differences and disagreements to not create chaos or stagnation, but turn your differences into passionate connection. You'll learn how to create and maintain healthy boundaries, how to stand in your power, and in ways that won't turn her off, but rather draw her towards you, if she wants that. We'll dive into how to be your full, authentic self in the relationship, how to create emotional connection, how to practice the sacred art of masculine-feminine intimacy for deeper passion, and more. If Elevate Your Relationship sounds like it might be a good fit for you and you'd like to be considered for this, go to brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R. It's Brian with a Y reeves.com slash E-Y-R and fill out the application there. If it does seem like we're a good fit, you'll be invited to schedule a no cost, no pressure phone consultation to explore if Elevate Your Relationship is a good fit for you. And I mean that I don't do pressure sales. I hate it when people do it to me. I will never do that to you. Again, the website is brianreeves.com slash E-Y-R, Brian with a Y. And if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, don't delay. Go to that link, fill out the application. It is your birthright to thrive in relationship, and I'm committed to helping you do that. Now, back to my conversation with Jarek Robbins. Take a deep breath and stay present with us all the way through to the end of this episode of Men This Way. All right, let's dive. Uh, man, it's a real pleasure to have you on Men This Way. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. You know, we we crossed paths br briefly a few times many, many years ago uh, in my my California band manager days. We were we were we were a bit younger back then. I was probably <laughs> man, that would have been like 10, 10 ish, 10, 12 years ago, potentially. I'm noticing you got some you got some grays going. You, you're earning some stripes. Lots, lots. You don't lots. become a silverback by, by not having the grays. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I, I, I reveal them in my beard, mostly. A lot of colors going on. But it's good to see you. And uh, you live in Puerto Rico now? We do. Yeah, we do. How, how's that? We love it. We absolutely love it. Mm. Um, quick story, but yeah, it, it was by accident. Um, my wife and I were living in Miami Beach. 
and she was pregnant with our son who's our first one mm. and my belief is a woman's body is working 24 hours a day seven days a week for nine months 3d mm. printing a human mm. that's enough natural stress on the body of doing what it's made to do but working 24 7. and so i was looking mm. for an environment that would offset the natural stress uh you know just to make it the best experience she could mm. possibly have or at least mm -hmm. the one we envision and so we had lived in a, in Costa Rica a while back for a few months and we loved it. And I remember it was just so calm and relaxing and just a natural, soothing, warm, uh, cozy mm. jungle environment mm. that felt so natural. And um, when we were there, we had a friend who was pregnant and she's like, oh, my God, being pregnant here is amazing. Mm. Like people really value kids and mm. women and pregnant women and families. And like, we were like, what do you mean? And she's like, I went to the grocery store and I walked up with my little hand cart to the back of the line. And this little old woman grabbed my wrist and went, mm -mm, mm -mm, and pulled me to the very front of the line, pushed every portion out of the way, put me in the wow. front of it and said, go. Wow. And I was like, dang. Yeah. Um, wow. and, and so we knew having a community culture that's a slow pace of living where they value children and women and babies and pregnancy and birth and they value all these things mm. and it's important within the culture and it's recognized and appreciated and celebrated and nurtured mm. whereas like man i'd really want her to be pregnant in that kind of environment if possible and fast forward i was speaking event in new jersey um <laughs> no knock on New Jersey, but we got done with the event. We looked out the hotel window. We we're like, why are we still here? <laughs> Let's go somewhere. Um, and, and we we're like, Oh, we'll go visit a friend in Kentucky and stop by his house and say, hi, flight got canceled. There was a random storm over Newark airport. The, all the planes had flooded back into the terminals. So there's just hundreds of people scattered everywhere on the floor. Um, and two flights were still going to take off one to Naples, Italy, and one to Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. Mm. We shrugged. We were like, mm. <laughs> we've seen the other side of the island. It kind of yeah. looked like a Miami suburb. Mm. It didn't really feel worth moving that far to an island just to live in a suburb of mm. a place we were already living. Mm. Um, but we were like, let's see the other side. So got here two in the morning is when the flight lands, went to bed, woke up, rented an Airbnb on the beach. And we promised ourselves we would just wouldn't randomly buy something because we mm. did that in Tampa. We didn't really love it long term. Mm. Mm. Um, and two days later, we met a guy named Harry at CrossFit who we got in his car. And my thought was, this is one way to die. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> random guy on an island who invited us to show us a pocket listing of his from CrossFit. So luckily, he's a super good dude. He's been around forever. He's a local legend. And he, he showed us his house. It wasn't the right fit. But we drove by one went back, parked in front of the gate. I walked around the outside of it. And as I was walking around the outside, the front door got kicked open and this little Puerto Rican lady came out. She's like, what do you want? And I was like, Savende for sale? She's like, call the realtor. And I was like, man, do you really want to sell it? <laughs> She's like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, this lady turned out to be wonderful. But in the time she went inside, came out. She's like, my husband said I could show it to you. Come in. She talked uh, shit to me the entire time. She's like, uh, in do you Spanish know how to do or English? No, in English. She's okay. like, do you know how to do electric work? I was like, no. She's like, men are useless these days. She's like, do you know uh, how to spackle? She's like, you know, I'm like, sure. She's like, here, show me. She's yeah. like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Like she literally talked shit the entire time she showed me that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a um, salesperson. Fast, the reverse, reverse psychology 
sales. Smart, smart I woman. Yes. She had the takeaway. You're not good enough for this house. Right, but right. um randomly a day later we bought it and and we're like, okay. Um worst case scenario, we have a vacation house that would be cool. But yeah. we we landed up moving here in November 2019, right before the world shut down. Mm. And so we, we were very blessed to be literally in the middle of nowhere on an island with horses and goats and chickens all around us and my wife being yeah. pregnant. So yeah. Wow, man. Well, you know, my, my wife and I have been on a, on a journey the last few years of, of, of trying to conceive and life ain't making that easy for us. And, and, um, I'm, I'm so, you know, your, what you just described about the culture of, 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 of Puerto Rico, what you've experienced there, it, 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 you know, I feel such sadness because I know my wife and I've talked about this too. I mean, having a child in, in particularly in our, in our country, the United States is, I mean, you know, our, our women are expected to work right. Almost right up until they're fucking giving birth that day. And, yeah. and then they are supposed to go back to work. What, just three months after they have the baby. And, yeah. and, you know, and I, I, I can't help but wonder if that stress also, you know, as, 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 affects what my wife and I are going through in, in, in our, on our journey to, to conceive. And so, totally, you know, congratulations, had, man. Well, thank you. My wife and I struggled as well. We landed up doing mm. IUV, mm-hmm. which like, which IUD? was, no, not IUD, no. I, I, the bef- before IVF. It's like the step there before IVF. Yes. That one. That's I forget what one that's called, but I know what you're talking about. I yeah. think it's IUV or IVU. Something. It's uh, doctor yeah. assisted. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right time, right yep. place. Right. Right. Yes. Entry. Yes. Yes. Um, all of and, our gear, but they gave her a shot. They had her yeah. cert- take certain yeah. pills. And then yeah. on like a Tuesday at a certain time, yeah. they gave her a shot in her stomach yeah. and she had to be sitting in yeah. that chair the next day, exactly at nine yeah. something 45 AM. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor, the nurse helped insert all my friends and, and hopefully would create a party at just the right time when the egg dropped and, yeah. it, and it worked. Like we got really lucky it worked. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I can relate to that journey, man. Congratulations. How, how old is your son now? He'll be turning three in June. Wow. I know it's cliche, but they do grow up fast, don't they? He's a character. He's, oh, this is my favorite stage so far. He's funny. Yeah. He's articulate. My wife and, and our friends talk to him in Spanish and English all day. So mm. he speaks both languages so mm. far. Um, I'm really enjoyed. I mean, today's been rough. He's been mm. throwing up for some reason. Mm. We don't know why. Mm. We've got some projectile vomit spots around the house at this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today's a little rough, but yeah. but wonderful experience. And yeah. my wife has expressed wanting more. Um, but we haven't been lucky enough to mm. to create them yet. Mm. Well, best wishes to you on that journey, man. I know that is that is a, a journey that can. <sighs> You know what I found with my wife too, and and we're not fully ready to talk about it publicly. Her, her and I. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay very general and vague about what we, we've actually been going through. But you know, yeah. that, that's the kind of thing that can can either tear a couple apart, or bring you really close, much closer together. I'll give, I'll share something with you. Yeah. So my wife and I were doing therapy, and we were talking to this therapist and going back and forth. And the therapist, it, it is, it's wonderful because you just, if anything, get to hear your partner express how they really feel, mm-hmm. but not expressing it directly to you. So you get to be an observer of them sharing. 
And I was observing my wife sharing and I would learn so many things. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't know she felt that way. Like, it, And when it's coming at you, you have your own filters and defense mechanism and all this stuff. But when it's being shared in front of you, you kind of get to see it like a tennis match and go, oh, that's interesting and yeah. take notes. <laughs> yeah. So I heard her part and then yeah. the therapist asked me some questions. And one of my true, true, honest, authentic responses was, I miss the woman I married. And my wife said that hurt her mm. feelings so much when I mm. said that. And I, I shared that with my stepmom. My stepmom told me something. She goes, the version of the woman you married is gone. Have a funeral for her. Yeah. Facts. Say you love her. Mm. Write her a love note of how much you miss her. She is no longer. The greatest thing you can do now is learn to fall in love each day with the woman who your wife has become and will continue to evolve into. She goes, that's where most couples fall apart. They get attached to what was and they're not willing to learn how to fall in love continuously with what is. Yeah. Well, and, and, and whoa, no well, one told me about that part. And your stepmom is a sage? Yeah. And uh, I've, I've met Sage in the past as well. Amazing woman. And, yeah. and, and, and for her to, I mean, she's, she's also highlighting the importance of grief, of grieving in relationship. We have this idea, right? It's going to be all sunshine and rainbows and everything's going to be amazing fantasy. All my needs, all my wants are going to be met effortlessly without mm -hmm. me having to say anything about it. And that doesn't happen by a long shot. And, you know, I, I think the importance of grieving what was even for men grieving our single life for women too, grieving the life. It's I think that's such an important skill to develop, you know, so props to, to Sage for 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 speaking into that. Well, Jarek, um, man, I'm, I'm excited for our conversation. There's a lot to dive into. And I know what you know, I want to make sure that that, that I honor your time and, and the, the time that we have. And and one of the things that I like to ask guests to help our listeners, and we have a lot of, of men listening, we also have a lot of women listening as well, is, mm -hmm. is to share with us some, some significant event or experience in your early life that played a fundamental role in shaping you as a man. Totally, totally. There's a few. I told you this when we started. Yeah. I narrow it down to like three in my head. Um, but the one that feels right, and and this is interesting, I was raised the majority of the time. So the majority of day-to-day -day life, I was raised with women. Mm -hmm. um, my mom raised me, my grandma raised me, my aunts raised me. And in being around them, my grandpa was there. My dad was there when he wasn't on the road all the time. I mean, he was touring like a rock star back then. So yeah. he was 350 something days on the road. So he was only physically home 10 days a year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was raised by women and mm -hmm. in watching women, you know, my mom was, was tried to be physically around me 24 seven as best she could to support me and love on me. And in looking at that, two things stood out. One, my mom wanting to be me purposefully to be around people who had great relationships. And so she knew that there was struggle in our, you know, that side of the family with relationships. And so she purposefully looked for peer groups of people who had great relationships and would purposefully make sure I was with environments around humans who had healthy, 
beautiful, flourishing relationships they were wow. working on. They weren't perfect, mm -hmm. but they were working on them and they were, they were dedicated to each other and they were trying to improve and they were trying to make progress. And it wasn't seminars and books and stuff. It, it was just two humans attempting to be better every day. And I was like, wow. Thinking back, when you asked me that question, I was like, you know, because of the level of importance, my mom somehow understood of how valuable relationships are and her her wanting, her yearning for me to have examples around me, role models, people I could look up to and go, mm. wow, that's interesting that I believe that shaped me. It shaped my, because mm. I always ask, why are relationships so important to me? Mm. I mean, Harvard shows relationships, peer group friendships, uh, you mm. know, a tight community mm -hmm. is the number one factor over, I think, a three or four generational study they've done that determines how happy someone is, how long they live and how much yeah. they earn. And it has to do with having a tight knit group of friends around you that you yeah. a community. And the thing that they kind of boil it down to is that community of someone you can call on when things are hard and you can share with them what's going on. And somehow they believe it lowers the the long-term consistent day-to-day -day stress levels because when you share it with someone, someone hears you, sees you, acknowledges you, appreciates you, it allows the stress levels to drop. Um, and I was like, that's interesting. I was talking to a client earlier today and I just asked him, I said, do you have a peer group that you can share What's real in how you honestly feel in this moment, good, bad, right, wrong, better, worse, whatever, that they will acknowledge you for sharing and just appreciate you for mm -hmm. sharing, not fix it, mm -hmm. not make fun of you, not tease you, not call mm -hmm. you a name. They're, they're not going to do anything about it. They're going to acknowledge you. I, I, I see you. I acknowledge you. And I appreciate you for being willing to share. That's it. Acknowledge and appreciate. What'd they say? Did they have that? Did they no. have that group? Yeah. No. Was it a man? And it was a man. Yeah. Our, you know, former army guy moved around a lot Not or surprised. military. Yeah. And I said, interesting. Yeah. And I, and he said, but I don't feel like I need that. I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I've, oh. I've, I've worked through my demons. I've worked through my space. I know who mm. I am. Mm. Silence mm. is, is bliss to me. Oh God. <laughs> and I said, well, oh. wait a second. My heart. Take that a step further. Yeah. If you truly have done the work and you found serenity, you found bliss in that space, you have a big gift to share with others because there's a lot of people. Mm. And I would go on the verge mm. of saying most people mm. who have not found mm. that space. Mm. And yeah. I said, maybe what this conversation is about isn't about someone holding that space for you. But if you have discovered that space within yourself Maybe the community you crave and want around you is the community that you hold space for. Mm -hmm. Who in your life could you just listen, acknowledge, and appreciate for sharing what's really going on in their world? Yeah. And he looked at me he's like, okay, good point, bro. <laughs> yeah. Good point, I was point, like, if bro. you've truly done the work <laughs> yeah. and you yeah, really yeah. have, uh, you know, I, I was for my birthday on 26. I went to Fiji with a group of monks from India. And one of the things, the way they described the work we were doing was if, if there was a, a highway from, you know, down us as a human, and it's just packed with traffic, then if you were trying to get a message through, it can't get anywhere. It just gets caught on the 405 in traffic. Like mm. it's going nowhere. And he said, the work we're doing of identifying the pain or identifying the bliss or identifying the thing and acknowledging it, loving it, healing it, 
is creating space on the highway so that it's a wide open road and you could just bring a message through for other people. Mm-hmm. And it's creating space. I, I tell this when I work with people who want to be a coach, have you done enough work on yourself that you have space, mental space, emotional space, physical space, spiritual space that you can hold open for another human stuff. If you have no space for others, how in the world are you going to work with them on their stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so I, with that guy, yeah. you know, he had created space. Now the question is, is he willing to share some of that space with others? Well, Jarek, I'm going to call bullshit on that guy. I don't know anything about him. I'm willing to be wrong, but I've been working yeah. with men for, for a long time now. And I don't, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't believe him on some level. I don't believe because I've, the, some of the most un, deeply, I mean, deeply discontented men hmm. are, and I'm a former military guy as well myself. You know, I know how to hold myself. I know how to, you know, be independent in the world to function in crises and to be the space holder for others. Yep. Look, on one hand, I think, you know, what you offer to him to give it, you know, learn it, live it, give it. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that message of yours. Learn it, live it, give it. It's like, okay, if you have it, if you're living it, give it, that may be missing. And I think community definitely offers it's required. Who the fuck, what are we, how, how are we going to give it if there's no community to, to right. give it to? That's right. And though, you know, I've been myself a coach for gosh, 10, 12 years now. And you know, and I, I, I'm succeeding. I'm successful. I'm, I'm, I have an amazing wife. I have a, my own home. I have a, a, a thriving business. I have a dog. I have all the things I ever wanted, and and I have I have a peer men's group of of exceptional, beautiful men. I mean, Preston. You know, he connected us. Huh? I'm in my Preston's in my men's group. He's a you know he's 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 a, he's he and I don't agree on everything, but he's, he's brilliant. He's beautiful. He's a strong man. And, and, and we can hold each other in many ways. So I have have a peer group of men who can hold me. If I didn't have that peer group of men who could also hold me in the way that I hold space for others, I'm a neurotic mess. I I can cover it up. I can pretend everything is fine. I can, you know, hunker down and contract around my feelings and my, you know, but I'm bearing the, the burdens of the world on my own. When I don't have other people, men, peers who can hold space for me, I'm kind of interceding in, in, in this moment f- into your interaction with this guy. But I, th- I think that's because that's important because I think a lot of men listening may also think, look, I got my shit together. I've got I'm, I'm successful. I made the money. I got the house. I got the business. I got the woman. I got the but they got no one they can really confide in. And they don't even know how fucking lonely they are or, or they're using porn to check out or they're checked out at work. You know, they're using money, whatever, something. Yeah. So I just think that that's really important to, to, to emphasize. What say you? I'll flip that. They might okay. not be checking out. They might just be obsessed with what they think is at the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. which seems noble, exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're an achiever. They're an accomplished. Right. There's someone who's accomplished. Sure. They're going yeah. for the next big thing. There's nothing right. wrong. They're fine. Mm. So it's not just checking out. Sometimes it's overly right. checking in on the thing that they're so committed to. It's causing them to avoid the most important people, mm. situations. I had a client who was working, 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 working. And one time he, he called me, he's like, dude, I know I messed up. 
said, mm. what happened? He's like, oh, I missed a really important date with my wife. Mm. I said, are you going home immediately and making it right? And he's like, oh, I got two more weeks on the road and I got to do finish fundraising. And, 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 and as soon as I get home, then I'll make it right. And I'm like, that's not a risk worth taking. Mm. He's like, I know, but I got to mm. make the right decision. And, you know, ultimately I owe these shareholders and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you were, you've far exceeded the danger zone. Yeah. I waved every red flag for this dude and he just made his choice. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, he got home. And when he opened the front door, she was sitting at the table with a stack of divorce papers. Wow. Yeah. He knew it was coming. He mm. knew he screwed up. Mm. He knew it. And mm -hmm. he had a moment to go make it right. And he chose yeah. to keep stay overly committed to the outcome, overly committed to the peak of that mountain. A friend told me, I was, I was reading a book called Second Mountain, and I, I was digesting it. And it kind of clicked in my head. The only thing that exists at the top of any mountain is three, maybe four things. Number one, a feeling of accomplishment. Number two, a great view, usually. Mm -hmm. And number three, thin air. Number mm -hmm. four, a walk back down if you're lucky. Not everyone <laughs> gets to walk back down. <laughs> yeah. There's bodies on the side of Everest that didn't get the chance to walk back down. Most people die so, on the way down. I learned. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And so the, the concept, there's only three, four, if you're lucky things on every mountain, but some reason mm -hmm. we get obsessed with climbing the next mountain. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, that, that, well, the, the, that's occurs to me. The other thing at the top of that mountain is just the foothills of the next mountain. Yeah. Okay. This is nice. You know, even they climb Everest, they spend months, years preparing potentially to climb Everest. And then what, how, what do they get? 10 minutes on the summit? <laughs> Something like that forever. You know? You'll freeze to death, <laughs> literally. Now, I, I'm, like, I'm, but that thought yeah. of the next summit, like that's literally what happens. We obsess with getting up that mountain. We look out, we're like, oh, I'm at this one, but what about that one? And what about that one? Yeah. And what about that one? And what about that yeah. one? And yeah. at some stage of life, either we get bored. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're like, okay. Yeah. Great feeling of accomplishment, thin air, nice view, walk back down. Like, does it ever change? Yeah. The, the next thing ain't going to change thin air, nice view, feeling good for a little bit and a walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. And then the book alluded to either circumstantial. So something happens in your life that just swats you off the side of that mountain and makes mm. you wake the hell up. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a coach I've recently met and been working with a little uh, I mean, he woke up being driven to, um, a rehabilitation center and looked himself in the mirror and he's like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was his moment. Mm -hmm. Um, there's other people. I, I had a malaria near death experience where I was told I had six days left to live. And I was like, mm -hmm. Whoa, mm -hmm. changed my whole paradigm. Mm -hmm. Um, other people have heart attacks, loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. Something happens, either you get bored or life just swats you off the side of it. The book said there's this really motivational place called the Valley of Despair. You'd then have to go through. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds exciting. Um, and then on the other side, though, it said not everyone makes it, but some people make it to their second mountain. And the second, the first mountain is what I could get from life. Mm. Second mountain is what I could give to life. I was like, ooh, I like this. And and the reason that everyone makes it is some people like get into the void and then they think, well, if I just go back and get that one thing I've never done, maybe that'll finally mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, but mm -hmm. humans, mm -hmm. sometimes they just want to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. But eventually when you make it to the other mountain, 
it doesn't mean you stop climbing mountains. It's a second mountain. It's another mountain. There's just a different reason for the mountain. Instead of mm -hmm. what can I get from the mountain or get from this thing, it's what can I give to it? And then what makes it worth climbing in all the interviews I've done and people I've talked to are the humans you bring with you. Because mm -hmm. the most exciting part no longer is figuring out if you can make it to the top or not. You know you can mm -hmm. do it. You've done it a bunch of times already. Mm -hmm. What makes it exciting is watching the face of another human being get there for the very first time and their whole world and perception of mm -hmm. self radically transformed because they never thought they could. Yeah, People like that from this place with this background and these circumstances with the lack of this or the majority, whatever the story is, when they step foot there and their whole world transforms and they light up, mm. that becomes the coolest experience in the world. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I can relate to that in the sense that, I, you know, I'm 48 and I've, I love the life that I've lived. I, I've lived, uh, I've hit my, my, my valleys, my, my deep bottoms that were the transformational moments. I've confronted yeah. death you know, and, and at 48, my biggest challenge has been, and this is for the last few years since I got married to, again, I have a beautiful, amazing, brilliant wife. Uh, I've got the home, a home that I never even thought I wanted. Uh, you know, I got the, got the dog that I always wanted, uh, yeah. the work, the work that I love, et cetera. My biggest challenge has been just enjoying it. Not, mm -hmm. not, not thinking, okay, uh, what's the next challenge that I have to conquer? Like my biggest challenge is, well, dude, just, just be here, enjoy, yeah. be in it, be, be, you know, checked into all of it. You know, I liked your, your reframe of, of, of at what I heard. And that is like, like checking into the things that matter, staying checked into the things that matter. And one of the things I'm noticing that I, I've, I've been a little bit challenged, Jarek, around connecting to a new dream in mm. a way, because I, I got, I got everything in a sense. Mm really that I, but I am noticing that when I see younger, typically younger men, but sometimes it's much older men, when, when they start to, to learn from, you know, I, I modeled the last 10, 20, 15, 20 years of my life on your learn it, live it, give it. And I've been giving it for these last 10 years, particularly in, you know, I have this book called choose her every day or leave her. And I've got relationship programs for men that really focus on men. And, and when I see them starting to wake up to things, get insights, like have new conversations with their spouses or you find vitality in their life, that excites me. That makes me feel like, okay, man, I'm, I'm living my purpose, my Dharma, my, my gift. I'm, I mean, this, it's an interesting thing because I personally don't really know what to strive for in a sense for me personally. Yeah. But I'm seeing that in, in the people around me, there, there's a new thing being born. So what you just shared there that, so that the, the language for that is the second mountain, second mountain, second mountain. Uh, that's fascinating. I mean, it's a beautiful book. I've, I've, I've uh -huh. read it and it, it, it spoke to me and it was interesting. Yeah. And I had heard a woman who does talks about relationships and how men develop. And she mm. talked about men having this stage between 30 and 40, 30, 45 ish, uh -huh. 15, 10, 15, 20 years stage of life where it's yeah. like work, 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 breathe, yeah. work, 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 yeah. breathe, work, work, yeah. work, breathe. And then they hit this thing called the tunnel. And is that, and is that Alison Armstrong? Alison Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. Armstrong. Yeah. And that tunnel she describes is just a deep questioning yeah. mm. of everything. 
<laughs> yeah. Why did I do this? What yeah. was the point? Does yeah. it even matter? Do yeah. I even care? Who cares? Does the world care? I mean, it's right. just a yeah. deep questioning of self. Right. And all yeah. the things that used to light you up, just right. great. They yeah. just don't have the fucking yeah. magic that they used to. I'm I'm yeah. 38, so I'm starting to get a flavor uh -huh. of that for the last yeah. probably year and a half. Yeah. The things that yeah. used to light me up are like, yeah. Ah, yeah. they're great. Yeah. Like I remember I used to dream of speaking in front of giant, you know, things like my dad. And yeah. 2019, we did a stadium in Germany for 15,000 people. Uh -huh. I was one of the keynotes and, and it was so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah okay and, and now i watch people like <laughs> yeah at, at, in companies like i want to be on stage i want to be on stage they're like jerk uh -huh. do you want to be i'm like nah yeah i'm you, good you do it you yeah. do it. they're like no we want you i'm like you do it you got this <laughs> you, it's yeah. all you you get up yeah. there tiger yeah. i got your yeah. back i can support <laughs> like it's so weird it's all the things yeah. i used to dream of and pray yeah. for i'm like they don't if i can help yeah. sure but yeah. it doesn't do anything for me anymore yeah. like and, and there's a piece of me where a, a family friend had told me, he's like, he recommended every five years, but he said, at some stage of your life, completely reinvent yourself, new mm -hmm. haircut, new outfits, new mm -hmm. style, new way you walk, mm -hmm. talk, just mm -hmm. reinvent the entire version of you mm -hmm. on purpose, mm -hmm. handpick every piece of it. I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. and I was like, ah. Dang it. Either, either it's the belief system because I read the stuff and I think it's true and yeah. it, it's building itself into my reality yeah. or it's just what really happens at this stage of life. And and I've talked about that enough yeah. in enough places and had yeah. enough men approach me afterwards and say, I'm sure you work with them on this mm. where they're like, I feel that way. Mm. That the thing you described, the questioning, the mm. uncertainty, mm. the like, what am I doing? Who mm. am I? Where am mm. I going? They're like, and I, I talk as my dad, I'm like, did you go? He's like, Oh shit. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh crap, it's real. It's a yeah. real thing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I'm 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 edging up on it. I can yeah. feel it. I've been feeling it for the last yeah. probably year and a half or, or maybe two years now. I told my wife, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I have just if I trust my instincts at 40, I want to unplug for six to 12 months and just go mm. be and mm. allow myself to just shed off everything mm. that has been and really get extreme clarity on what will be. Yeah. Ah, that's like, and like a, like a, like a modern vision quest of sorts. Totally. Preston just did one. Yeah. He, I texted him the other day. Um, yeah. he texted me back. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be offline for seven days. I'm, I'm going to go sleep outside in the wilderness with, you know, one jug of water for seven days or five days or yeah. something. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I asked him when he got back, but how was it? He's like fucking intense, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, well, you get used to life with access to stuff. And then yeah. you're sleeping out in the wilderness with nothing for an extended period of time. It will rock yeah. your world. Well, um, I, I think, well, I think these, these, these stages are, are a sign of like the questioning. It's a sign of healthy development of healthy totally. maturing as an adult, stepping into the later stages of our lives. I mean, the immediate example of, of the man who's not, developing growing is like you know the 50 year old that still wants to fuck 20 year olds <laughs> nothing wrong with it just but nothing right with it either and 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 in the, in the same vein go ahead you want to say something there's a caveat here hmm. so i grew up in southern california 
and and in different parts of the state there mm-hmm. and it happens all over the world it's not just there but it, it's highlighted there mm-hmm. where you'll see significantly older men who happen to usually have a lot of resources who happen to also mm-hmm. be dating mm-hmm. a woman who's significantly younger mm-hmm. and there's titles for these people gold digger all this stuff like people mm-hmm. go off on it mm-hmm. and through Allison's work through the Gottmans through Barbara and like a, a bunch of people in, in your space, I, I picked up on something, which was when men get much older on the other side of the tunnel, if they mm-hmm. get through and, and they really find the thing, the gift, the one thing they feel alive when they're able to share the gift. And that spoke to me. I was like, Ooh, that's interesting. And I, I started looking around my family and being like, I'm staring just at the older men. What's the gift that that, that one wants to give. And mm-hmm. I would just stop and watch. And the description was when they're giving the gift, they're fully alive. Mm-hmm. And when they're in a place where the gift is valued, they flourish and thrive. But when you put them in an environment where the gift is not valued, they shut down and shrivel. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And I just watched. I'm like, is that true? And I just watched and watched and watched and watched and watched. And what was interesting is I, I watched my grandpa, who's on my mom's side. And his gift, the thing he feels compelled to do with the rest of his life, and he has for probably, he's 80, probably 20 years, 30 years, he's been locked in on this gift, which is sharing the Bible and the word of God with people who haven't heard it, period. Every table you sit at, every person you talk to, if you if he sits down on a park bench and someone gets within five feet they are engaged. <laughs> and as, as grandkids for the majority of my life, so 30 plus years, I'm only, you know, I'm 38. So <laughs> the majority of my life, he has been layering on all the reminders to me. Same stories, 30 years of the same mm. reminders, stories, insights. And it's great. I, I, I've learned to value it in him, but I've learned to value it as, ah, this is him giving his gift, the thing mm-hmm. he cherishes most in the world. He's sharing it with me. Mm-hmm. And when I sit and listen to him, he flourishes and brightens up and is fully himself. And if I go, okay, grandpa, you told me that one before he starts to shrivel. Mm-hmm. And I went, Ooh, I can give this man a gift mm-hmm. by choosing to be deeply interested and curious about the thing he most wants to share. Mm-hmm. even though it's a thing I've heard for 30 years repetitively. <laughs> and it's like, ah, yeah. I know how to light this man up in my world who I love and care about. Yeah. And at this stage of his life, I can light him up. I can turn him into the brightest human in the room just by being curious about the gift he wants to give. Going back, much older men, much younger women, if the gift she most wants to receive is the gift and, and the one she cherishes, the one she appreciates, the one she yearns for, is the gift he most wants to give, the one that he feels most valued for, the one that he feels is his life purpose, the one that he feels that he, that he, that is the thing that lights his soul on fire to share with people. I don't think age really matters at that point. It's someone who values the gift another one craves to share. Oh, and what lights that person up is finding someone in the world who values the gift, regardless of age, stage, location, all this other jazz. Oh, I'm I'm a thousand percent on board with that. But I'm that talking about interesting I'm, to me. I'm a thousand percent on board with with yeah. You know, I mean, I'm nine years older Wait, than my on. wife. Yeah. 
Also, going back to what you talked yeah. about, though, you're describing a very specific person who has not evolved, who does not know what his fucking gift is, who, who yeah. purely is an, a get from life. He has no interest exactly. in this person. He's trying to get something from them. Then he's done with them or avoid he is something. not a healthy human. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but, but, but it just sparked that reminder of. Yeah. I went, oh, I looked at those relationships yeah. totally yeah. differently. Yeah. The healthy ones. Yeah. Once I understood, oh, this old dude just wants to give a gift. What's yeah. the gift? Maybe it's his jokes, his laughter. Maybe it's his humor, his time. Maybe it's his inside. Maybe, maybe it's his money. I don't know what it is, but it's something he's trying to share. And no one else in the world seems to give a shit. Yeah. But that one human thinks it's cool. And it lights him up. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, man. I, I, I think, but you know, I'll tell you, I, I don't know that I want to go down this rabbit hole because there's another question that I want to ask you. Um, but, but even, you know, I think in a lot of cases, like there's a part of me that hears that story about your grandfather. And while it's beautiful that you, Jarek, give can give that gift of your listening to him, there's a part of me that also, the part of me that, that the part of me and just the part of me that is angry at my elders, my olders mm. for not being present for what I need, for, for what I really need for their fucking listening, you know, th or their attention, their guidance, their stewardship, not just trying to stick me in a box that I don't belong in, but, you know, their nurturing of, of so that I can find my own fucking gift. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and I think this actually is a good segue, actually, though, to the question I want to ask, because I related to something you shared on your in your early journey. You said your father was was gone most of the year. Yeah. Well, my father, my parents got divorced when I was four and yep. my dad took off and, and I didn't see him a lot until I, I really got to know him again when I turned 19. Mm. And boy, it was a very harsh and difficult journey that we then began because mm. I'm not a child anymore. I mean, he was a fantasy to me from the ages of, you know, four to 18. He was a fantasy and he, and he was a, a superhero in my fantasy. And I imagine the same would be with your father. I mean, he's doing this amazing work in the world, traveling, being a superhero to millions, literally, in a sense. And, and you're, I'm curious, when did you then get to meet your like really start to spend time with your father, get to know him as a person. I think to, again, I'm going to, I just want to set this up and then let you yeah. talk about your experience because I also know all men at some point enter into a competition with our father. You know, we're seeking to differentiate ourselves, just differentiate yeah. ourselves, you know, with like, I got to be my own man. My dad is this man, but I have to, who am I independent of him? And skillful fathers recognize that this must happen and they enable, they empower, they, 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 they help the boy step into his own manhood and be different. Unskillful fathers compete. They try to repress. They try to, you know, they sit on his throne and refuse to, to give it up to, yeah. to, to the boy. And they don't want him to be a man because they're threatened by his manhood because they don't feel like a fucking man. Right. So, so what I'm curious about in the question here is, is, is that like, when did you get to start to really know your dad? Did you like, how did this phenomenon show up with him? And, and how did you Jarek really strive to distinguish yourself as your own man with sure. your own unique gifts to offer the world? Sure. Great question. Um, so there's layers there. When no I doubt. got to know him, even though he was traveling, 
he made insane amounts of effort to stay connected with me. Mm. So I have piles of postcards from all around the world. Mm -hmm. I remember I sent him this video the other day of the, I think it was a Motorola cell phone from the eighties that you carry around a 15 pound box with it. that You can call <laughs> anyone from anywhere. Uh, yeah. And he texts back. He's like for fucking $10,000 a minute. You can, <laughs> right. <laughs> but mm. he, I mean, he would call me, he'd call me from Fiji for $10,000 a minute mm. to say hi and mm. see how I'm doing. Like, mm. even though he was out there busting his ass to mm. build what he has now, mm. he was always trying to connect. So mm. That worked in the favor of the relationship because mm. there there was no lack of effort. It's not like I don't want anything to do with it. I'm out. Leave me alone. Like he yeah, was engaging yeah. and trying and wanting. Um, he was present. He was present. A lot of same. points in the right direction. Yeah. It doesn't replace the fact that he, you know, physically speaking, the majority of the time he was out on the road. Um, but the intent was there, which makes a big difference. Um, there's layers. There's certain things that happened over the years that were beautiful bonding. And then I remember there was a moment where things absolutely flipped in the relationship. And I just had an epiphany. It was like, whoa, holy crap. I never thought of it that way. Um, and it changed everything for us. So when did I really get to know him? I remember, I think it was between high school and college, he was like, buddy, I want you to, to, to come with me and experience. Mm -hmm. So you know what I'm doing all the time. So he's mm -hmm. not just guessing. Yeah. And I, it was either between high school and college or my junior or senior year in high school. I wouldn't spend an, an entire every day of a summer with him. Like every single day I was in every meeting. I was in every um, event, speech, car ride, uh, media interview. I was in everything for three months straight. Now he keeps an insane schedule. So <laughs> just trying to, 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 I mean, wake up, show up, stay awake as a teenager was intense. Mm. I was like, wow, holy crap. He does a lot, a lot, a lot. Like people think he does a lot. There's a thousand times more than that every mm. day. It's insane. Um, and so that, that was a getting to know each other and just a better understanding of his world, seeing and observing, be like, whoa, this is all the stuff he's going through. This is insane. Fast forward. I mean, we definitely had headbutts when when I decided to break off on my own, but stay in the same industry mm. that definitely created some headbutts mm. of like, oh, no, we got to define boundaries with each other, which were mm. really what it was. We were mm. unclear on fuzzy boundaries. Mm. And over the years, we got more and more clear on the boundaries and we learned how to respect mm. the boundaries. And it's flourished. It worked fine. But there was mm. a couple of years of boundary setting with each other in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately deep, deep down. And he repetitively told me this. He's like, I want you to be better than me. Mm. He's like, but good fucking luck. Cause I hold myself to insanely oh, high standard. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and and love there's a, I love it. I'm like, yeah. okay. He's like, I want you to be better than me. Like God, yeah. God jump higher, run faster, uh, do more. Yeah. But I hold myself to insane standards. Mm. Uh, you know, he's 62 years old and still does 50 hour events on stage. Like yeah. he, he, he outperforms uh, the Golden State Warriors in mm. jumps, uh, mm. lactic acid, and everything. I mean, it's the his event is the equivalent of yeah. four playoff games back to back to back in four days. Like I've I've, I've been to date with destiny. I know, but it, yeah. but it's that, and he's like, be better than me. Come on, mm. Mm. I was like, oh, 
I don't want that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I have no inkling in me to be like, man, I'm going to out marathon mm-hmm. run that guy. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't call to me, mm-hmm. but there's areas of life that are different that do call to me. I'm like, Ooh, that speaks to me. And that's totally different than what he's focused on. It's just space that I love and yeah. crave and thrive in and really enjoy. And there's things where we align, mm-hmm. but fast forward, I'm trying to remember the exact, there was an event he did. I think it was 40 years of Zen where he went through all this biofeedback and he called me out of the blue and he's like, Hey, I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you. I'm like, you okay. Mm. <laughs> like, you dying? Like what's going mm. on? Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, you know, I love you. You know, I'm proud of you. Mm. And and he said, I've been doing this internal work. And this was probably like four or five years ago. It was mm. somewhat recent. He's like, I've been doing this internal work all week, doing this biofeedback and really digging in. Um, which is something I deeply appreciate about him. He he never hit a point where he's like, I know it. Like this dude is always hunting for more new, what's next, what's out there, what's possible, what's available. Yeah. And so he was doing this training and he hit this thing and he goes, you know what? I never thought of it this way. He said, the reason I hold such high standards for you is because you are part of me. Literally, I view you as a piece of me. I mean, mm. you were my son, you were my blood, you, you were a part of me. And I'm insanely hard on myself. And if you were part of me, I unfairly have held you to the same standard I hold myself to. And he goes, my standard for myself has nothing to do with you, but I never realized because I see you as part of me, I hold you to the same insanity that I hold myself to. And he said, I'm sorry for that. I didn't realize it. And I was like, whoa, that was like a shockwave moment of, huh, a deep realization he had. Fast forward, I had my version of that. I was doing deep work and I was digging around and and just discovering how I felt and thoughts and feelings and emotions. And it was kind of that time when I started to discover bits and pieces of that second mountain where I asked the question, if my whole purpose of going to a relationship is to give, what are the gifts that I'm giving to him from a father-son relationship? Mm -hmm. I like, well, I buy them cool gifts. And I was like, no, no, like the actual mm. gifts, mm. not yeah. like Christmas presents. Not just the presents, but the uh, gifts. Not just shit you could buy. Like, yeah, here's a cool yeah, yeah. tie, Dad. Like, not that. Yeah. Like the actual like gifts, presents, hearing, listening. Yeah. I was like, how much? How often do I tell him I'm proud of him? Not from a condescending way, but from truly like I'm fucking proud of you. Yeah. Like I'm impressed by you. Mm. Yeah, good, great work. That that is fucking cool, man. Like, how often do I truly, deeply, and and you know, authentically express that to him? And I, I just started counting. I'm like, I'm gonna count in the next six months and just discover how much I'm trying to get from him, whether it's acknowledgement, appreciation, recognition, versus how much I'm giving to him. And the dynamic that changed that truthfully. Um, was my wife and I working on our relationship because mm. as her and I worked on our relationship and discovered wounds and, and areas of development, and we worked through the ugly together and, and both became better humans at some point, I felt completely whole. I hit a moment where I'm like, I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need I don't need anything. I, I really genuinely feel whole. Now it didn't stay yeah. that way. Yeah. There's moments where it started to drain out. I'm like, Oh shit. I, I feel like I need a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, but in the <laughs> moment it felt full. And the moment I finally felt full was the moment I went, Oh shit. I've been waiting for him to try to fill my cup in some way. And I haven't been pouring into his cup. And I went, Oh fuck me. 
mm-hmm. was the exact technical terms I used. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things changed. Things mm-hmm. dynamically changed. Mm-hmm. Where I'd reach out to him and 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 share overflowing into him as a human. Yeah. And what's funny is I'd observe he didn't always know how to accept it. Mm. And and there was kind of that look like, are you fucking with me? Are you being genuine? But when it landed, it was authentic. It's real. It's genuine. It's true. It created a different relationship for the two of us. That's, I mean, that's really profound, Jarek. And I'll tell you what, man, it's it's really timely because I'm actually getting ready to go visit my father in two days. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a few years. We don't talk often. Uh, I haven't visited him in seven years. Yeah. You know, our relationship is is okay, but it's, you know, I've had to do a lot of grieving and mourning and for various reasons. And, and actually you're, you know, you're just hearing you speak into this right now is, is just reminding me that I have gifts for my dad that I, totally ha- that do. I haven't been giving him faithfully and consistently. Totally and so do. I'm, so thank you for that. That's a gift you a give me. A practice right that right. I've learned and it's something I practice ritually, a habitual routine now is before I go see someone I love, I take time to fill up, do all the things that make me whole, full, abundant and overflowing. And then my goal is to pour into them as I see them. And so I don't know what fills your cup. I don't know what makes you feel full, alive, abundant, overflowing, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Schedule time before you go see that person and spend some amount of time literally overfilling your own cup. So you are so vibrating, overflowing and overfilling the point where you're like, I don't need anything. Yeah. Even if I walked him and he's like, you're a turd, you'd be like, okay. Like it, 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 it <laughs> yeah. just, you're so vibrationally full from within. There's not a thing you need from the world. The only thing you do is you want to share. Mm-hmm. Allison says not every man makes it to the final stage she talks about, which was elderhood. Mm-hmm. The king is the one who has a gift they share. And when they share it, they feel alive. When they don't share it, they shrivel. An elder feels alive regardless if they're sharing their gift or not. They've, they found that space in themselves where they feel full regardless of how the world responds to them, yeah. even the ones they love and used to crave it from. Yeah. And so if you can step into that elder version of yourself and be willing to give your gift if it's needed and if it's not, still just abundantly overflow with all the goodness you have, regardless if it's received, accepted, or acknowledged, it doesn't matter. If you can get to that place, it dynamically transforms the experience. Well, it's a beautiful place to conclude our conversation. I know we've left our our listeners, men and women alike, with a lot to reflect on. And and uh, so, so Jarek, thank you so much for coming on. I want to give you an opportunity just to share where can people learn more about you? Yeah, find me on Instagram. I'm always hopefully putting out good stuff. Okay. Just not unfollow me, but I think it's good. <laughs> okay. And we'll, we'll put, we'll put the link to your Instagram and your website uh, in the show notes as well. So again, Jarek, thank you so much, man. It's really a pleasure to get to dive in with you like this and, and, and learn more about you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Jarek Robbins. You can find Jarek at his website, Jarek Robbins, J-A-I-R-E-K robbins.com and also on instagram at his name jarek robbins of course that link and any additional resources will be in the show notes at brianreeves.com slash men this way podcast also remember if you'd like to experience empowering transformational coaching with me to help elevate your intimate relationship experiences go to brianreeves.com slash eyr 
and fill out the application on that page to get started on your coaching journey with me. It's brianreeves.com slash EYR. And lastly, please go write a review of this podcast on your podcast app. I know that some people find it challenging to write reviews because the podcast apps seem to make it exceedingly difficult to find out where's the damn button. Well, um, please find the button. Please find the write a review. It's usually on the home page of the podcast itself on the app. You just got to scroll down a bit and you'll see on the Apple podcast, a little blue write a review. Click that, leave a review. Even if you just leave five stars, if you are served by this, uh, certainly some words from you can go a long way to helping other people realize this is a trustable space. Um, but doing so helps me, helps the show immensely. And I deeply appreciate it. I see all of the reviews that come in. And of course, you know, don't forget to subscribe yourself while you're at it. I'm your thriving life and relationship coach, Brian Reeves, Brian with a Y Reeves. Until soon, keep your head up, your breath relaxed, and your thoughts inspired. <laughs>